tuned in to East Tennessee's premier sports radio call-in show. This is The Drive. And hello, good afternoon, and welcome to another stellar edition of The Drive here on Fan Run Radio. Russell Smith punching the time clock on a Thursday afternoon edition of the show, ready to rock and roll. New guy doing the podcast. Should we go ahead and tell him? Don't screw up, Ben. You've got one job right now, Ben, on The Drive, and that's to not screw up the podcast. You literally just have to push one button. P. Over and over again. Keep well, on when pushing first, P. When you first started, you at least got to hit the record uh, button. Marcus is, is somebody who's screwed up the podcast. Once. But it's, it's a bad feeling, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I did not hear about it for like three days. I feel like it was a recurring theme. And I was just going to tell you right now, Ben. You're going to screw you, it up. You will screw up the yeah, podcast. Gonna, eventually. Gonna, Hopefully yeah, not today, like the first day, but eventually you're going to do it. And it's, it's, it's not going to go well for you. No. <laughs> People That's when on. you become, uh, Russell and I focus all of our attention completely on you for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I mean, I won't call attention. It's not my style to call attention to the shortcomings of others. Sure. And then there's the, the podcast the, people. The podcast people, though, Those, are very yeah. demanding. People on Twitter. He's zoned in, though. I think he's got it today. Why? He's, he's like looking at that screen like he's it's going to be something. staring at it like it's a <laughs> Rosetta Stone. Why? Why is it it's good? Pop- I like the focus, though the intensity, the steely gaze. Shows more intensity than any of the other interns yep. outside of very promising. Lexi, young Ben Slotnick, very promising start here at Fan Run Radio. Well, Burt Burrowcamp is on the show Man. coming up here in just a few moments. We'll talk Tennessee basketball with Burt. Can't wait. Basketballs looking for a big win. Been a while. Been a while since we had a bit. I mean, like what? Maryland? It no. Was, well, they were number thirteen at the time. People forget now they plummeted out of the top twenty-five. They were, were number they number thirteen. They were number thirteen when Tennessee beat them in Brooklyn. That was a dogfight of a game. Ugh. That was December eleventh, like a that month and a half ago. That was probably the last weekend where we really, other than the Kentucky game, and then we lost. Uh, that was the last time we really got jacked up. That was just, I don't think people got jacked up. I remember people being pissed off after that game because it was so ugly. Well, no, I'm telling you, that weekend, like we beat, because we beat Kansas that weekend. We beat Kansas. No, and, Kansas was November 25th. That was the day after Thanksgiving. That was mm. like th- two weeks before the Maryland so, game. So we beat, who did we beat? Uh, that was one where you felt like it should have been a three game thing, but we just played, basically played USC and Maryland. Did we, no, play we played else? three games. Yeah. We played was the third? Butler, USC, and oh. uh, Kansas. Yeah, we we're feeling pretty good. Three and I, I feel we like Kansas thing. is the big win. November twenty fifth. I mean, it's been basically a full two months since you've had a big win, and you've got number ten Texas coming in Saturday night, six p.m. tip. College game day is going to be there. College game day is here for the women's games, and I will talk a little bit about that huge opportunity for Kelly jo- Jolly Harper. I mean, this would be a like pr- for her a program defining win it would definitely give her a big boost a a much much needed boost for the program right now 
Well, I keep asking the question, when are the Lady Vols going to start being the Lady Vols again? They got a chance tonight. They got a chance. UConn doesn't have their best player. I've not heard anything about Jordan Horston, her availability tonight. It seems like that is seems like we pretty much have to have her to win, I would think. But we'll find out. Maybe Pat will be looking down from heaven, Russ. Pat will be smiling down. But, yeah, Tennessee and Texas Saturday night. The Vols will be breaking out the throwback uniforms. They're not really a true throwback. Scott, I read that thing. It, it, it took things from different. Well, yeah. I mean, it's – Like the fonts from like the 1936 yeah. team. I mean, it's not an exact replica of a uniform they've ever worn before, but it's got a throwback type vibe to oh, it. Oh, yeah. I love them. I think they look fantastic. Uh, they look pretty smooth. They Kind of ABA looking. Do you think that the those gray uniforms that leaked with the checkerboard on the sides that everybody with any sort of oh, aesthetic God. sensibility hated, yeah. do you think that was just a red herring? Because here, here's No, the here's what I wonder. interesting to me. I think that might – go ahead. Thank you. This these uniforms never leaked. Like usually, whenever there's any sort of uniform change, we hear about it like weeks, sometimes months in advance. It's like, hey, this is kind of what's working on behind the scenes. Like this is going to drop. Be on the lookout for this. And then they like it's not a huge surprise when it's officially announced. It wasn't a huge surprise with the black uniforms this year, or the smoky grays in football, or anything like that. This came out of the blue. I had no idea they were working on these. Um, I wonder if I don't think that was a red herring. I think they floated that one, and it was it was going to be for real. And the backlash oh, on it was tr- so, test so, balloon. So, yeah, they've done that. Now they have done that. Like they've let well, they didn't float these. They finally did with the orange helmets, so and some of uh, some of the other football uniform stuff over the years. They've they've kind of floated. I think they really wanted to keep the orange helmets secret and a surprise until the last minute as much as they could. I'm pretty sure we broke that story. Mm-hmm. Break a lot. I, I don't even remember a story. <laughs> I'm, we, I'm pretty sure we were the first ones to. A, I, I saw the pictures of those helmets. Like you saw them back in the summer, before. right? I saw them like when they first got them. I'm so privileged. Aren't you jealous? Um, uh, yeah, I, I love those throwback unis. Marcus, you got any thoughts? Uh, I mean, you are captain fashion here at Fan Run Radio. You well, got any <laughs> thoughts on the throwback you know, uniforms for the basketball balls? I'm, I'm well known for my my fashion style. A bit of a fashionista. Yeah. I have to yeah, call you, when, call when, you I'm, when I'm trying to figure out what to wear in the morning. I'm like, yeah. oh, pick up the phone and call Marcus. Get his take on this. You know, I've tried, we've even talked about trying to help you out, Baird, you know, do a bit of like the, uh, help you kind of catch nice up to Nice deflection, me. redirection, Marcus. What do you, what do you? That was very deft. I don't have the computer in front of me, so I have a little bit more time to throw back at Bear. I, I like them, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I do like them. Uh, the I, I like the kind of the cursive writing and everything with it. I think it looks good. I think you want to have a little bit of extra oomph heading into a, a game like this. So I, I, I'm I'm all for it. Need a little umph. Now I wonder, are these going to be like? Are we going to work these into the rotation? I think they're cool, man. I, are is there an orange one you can wear on the road? Is this just a one-off, oh. one-time thing? Who knows? They kind of look like the baseball creamsicle uniforms. Too. I was, you know, I was going to bring that up. I wouldn't mind them looking into that for the basketball team. Special like weekend home game uniform. Yeah. 
I, I'm telling you, man, Saturday nights at, at the Thompson Bowling Assembly Center and Arena, hit they hit a little different. Yeah, they do. This has been our first – how long has it been since we've had a really good – and we had a six, – six o'clock is my favorite for what we do. I mean, I – I would even go like seven, but you know, you got time to go out to dinner before the game and walk on in there, get in your seat a little bit early. That pregame oh, build up, the atmosphere, the smell, no, the popcorn, I, all that stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm just talking selfishly for myself. I like the six because then usually we're on the air. Oh, doing well, VR yeah, by eight. Eight. like you don't go. No. When was the last basketball game you went to? Mm. Maybe get you to a basketball game. Have you been to a basketball game in the Barnes era? I don't think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't we go sit up in a box for a game? You didn't invite me to that. <laughs> Sore subject. I took the Cub to uh, a Vanderbilt game a few years back. I think my last uh, The hockey, was... the uh, the box at the hockey game. You guys kind of forgot to call me on that one. I'm sensing a pattern with you and some of our other coworkers around here. I'm sure there was a legitimate excuse other than, like, we just didn't want to have you around. For example, <laughs> uh, tickets were limited. Like we only had two tickets for the hockey thing. No, I'm talking about for basketball. Well, I, I was going to say that whole hockey thing. You all all went. I was the only person from Fan Run that didn't go. Oh, that's not true. That is absolutely that's, not true. true. No. Yeah, I'm still hot about it. I. It I took ice, McClure, for God's ice, sakes. Was it an Ice Bears game? I yeah, assuming. it was an Ice Bears game, Marcus. Yeah, I was just making sure. Didn't know if they did a road trip to Nashville. He's mad. I know. IRL Maryville mad this afternoon. Let's go to the phones. Get things rolling right off the top here. We'll start with Jay. Good afternoon, Jay. You're on the drive. It's Fan Run Radio. Well, Russell, good afternoon, buddy. How's it going? Uh, well, it's going pretty good, man. Uh, boys, what do y'all think about tonight? Uh, do our Lady Vols have a chance against old, the arch nemesis Gino? I think they got a shot. I mean, UConn's a little bit wounded. They've lost three games on the road. They are playing without their best player. And the Lady Vols seem to have figured a few things out here lately. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to have a pretty full house tonight, I would imagine, cheering the Lady Vols on. So, yeah, I think they got a shot. Russell, I swear in the 90s and, and early 2000s, I hated Gino worse than I hated Spurrier. Oh, he was obnoxious, man. And they always had like Rebecca Lobo and Shay Ralph, just these, oh. like, they they were like Russian Bond villains or something, man. You just they wanted literally to. literally look like it. I mean, I don't advocate hitting women. <laughs> but I'm just going to leave it there. I don't advocate hitting women. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. But they, God, they I- had a way of getting under your skin – just like those Spurrier teams, you're absolutely right. I despise Diana Taurasi when she was at UConn. Oh I mean, I, my God! God, she got under my skin so bad. I, I couldn't stand that woman. I feel like if, like, if you were, I'm going to be very careful the way I phrase this. If I was a girl, I would think she had a very punchable face as a girl. <laughs> she does. Oh, I mean, she does, man. She's arrogant. She's just. God, like as a female Bruce. Tennessee fan, Diana, Diana Taurasi, UConn uniform. Yeah, but you're right. Gino, Gino's the worst of them. Oh God, that so. guy. He that was in rare guy. form today. Did you see him on some video? 
And some I didn't even bother listening because the guy makes my blood boil. But basically, said Gino in a fantastic mood as usual. He was just sitting behind a microphone. I guess at the press conference. I mean, he he looked like uh, somebody just ran over his dog and gave him the finger. And they just line up to play for him. It's unreal. I mean, uh, it's it's truly unreal that people want to play for that guy. But I mean, Saban's not exactly warm and fuzzy, Jay. And people, those kids line what? up to. I said, Nick Saban's not all warm and fuzzy, and kids line up to play for him. You know, that's true, but I've heard behind closed doors Nick Saban's actually a pretty, pretty, you know, funny guy or just laid back. He's, he's a lot different than what we see is what I heard. I don't know if there's any truth to that. but um, Guys, well, I was talking to my buddy a couple days ago. I, I was like, you know, I feel like we need some new uniforms. In basketball, I just thought you know we need something different. I, I I would like to see a complete set change. I just think I'd like to do something different than what we're currently doing. These new uniforms they just released; those are beautiful. See, I, I mean, I would. I, I'm kind of with you there, Jay. Like, I I found myself thinking, you know, they need to mix it up a little bit. I love our basic home whites, road oranges. I think they're perfect. Yeah. I I want to keep those, but. Yeah, man, you mix a little throwback here or there in an alternate uniform look every now and then. I'm all for that. Should we, guys? Should Rubble we wear the uh, Should we wear the Ernie Bernie up to Rupp, the throwback visiting jersey with, with the, the blue? Carolina blue in them? I mean, kind I wouldn't mind seeing them, them occasionally. Did, didn't uh, Didn't they wear the ones with that sky, that light blue in them? Yeah. And we broke yeah, them out in, I think, Pearl's first year. It was like pretty the, cool. Yeah, it was like the SEC 75th anniversary or something, and the yeah. C.J. Watson teams wore them a couple times. Heck yeah, man. That'd be cool. I like that. I, that ball script, it just, it's just perfect. It's just perfect. I, I would love to see more of that. So, thanks, guys. Thank you, Jay. Appreciate the phone call. I mean, I, I'll say that, like, Burns' first year, we had some smoky grays. Where it was like the anthracite strip across, like I thought they looked pretty sharp myself. Like even I did, and I'm not normally. We wore them once at home, and I think that's it. Alternate uniform guy, but the smoky gray basketball. I guess were they still Adidas at that point? They were. No, weren't no, they? no, no, no. They were Nike. Okay, because they've worn smor- smoky grays more than Adidas had some bad ones, man. Remember the all orange things that Conzo had them in for oh. a couple games? Those were rough. Those were pretty bad. So, the Carolina Blue came from Ray Mears, right? Like, the men wore it before the Lady Vols did. I think so. And then they kind of made it their own. Yeah. Which, is, I mean, it's fine. It's cool. Yeah. Big game tonight at the arena. Big game Saturday night at the arena. We have officially, ladies and gentlemen, trans, trans transformed. What's the word I'm looking for? Shifted into basketball mode here on The Drive. Coming up, Burt Bertelkamp, Vol Network color commentator, joins us. We will get his thoughts on the upcoming matchup with Texas at the arena. Stay tuned. More Tennessee basketball talk coming your way next right here on The Drive. It's Fan Run Radio. Welcome back. The Drive continues. Fan Run Radio, 105.7 FM, 1340 AM. Streaming online, fanrunradio.com and your free Fan Run app. Alongside Bear, Marcus, Ben Slotnick on quality control this afternoon. I'm Russell Smith, and 
we get set to head to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines where we've got a special guest standing by. He is the Vol Network men's basketball color commentator, Bert Bertelkamp, joining us this afternoon. Good afternoon, Bert. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you? Hey, doing very well. Uh, would love to get your thoughts, first of all, just big picture, what we've seen from the basketball Vols so far. Obviously, top five, things going very well for Rick Barnes right now. Oh, yeah, they got a great group. They got good chemistry. They they play well as a team. They're a tremendous defensive team. Just a great they, – they, that's where it starts is the defense. And last night, another great effort, holding Georgia to 41 points. But they've been good on defense all year. Their, uh, their offense comes and goes. But uh, when, they do what, <laughs> when they do what the coach says, they, they're pretty effective. Another thing they've really got that we haven't had in recent years is depth, and that's really played it to our advantage. Last night, you know, the competition the past two games, Bert, might not have been what you would call elite, but watching the game on television last night, there was a point in the second half where like, the game was getting out of hand, and it just seemed to me, uh, you feel free to disagree, like Georgia kind of tapped out, like they didn't want anymore. And yeah. I thought the same thing happened in the second half of the LSU game. Do you, do you get a sense, being as close to the action as you are, that Tennessee can break the will of some of these lesser teams? Oh, no doubt about it. I agree 100%. I saw the same thing. And when you're up close, you can see body language. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the body language at LSU by their players, they, they, they just – if you think about it, you know every time down court when you're on offense, you're going to have to – you're going to have to work really hard to get a good shot, let alone make it. And uh, Tennessee just puts up that wall, and they and they're, it's hard to penetrate. And you're, you're just not going to get open looks. They don't break down very often. When they do, he makes, he'll make a change and, and, and bring a player out. So he, he really focuses on the defense. And when they're locked in like they were last night, like they were against LSU, they're just, it's tough to get a good shot. It's tough to even run your offense. Passing it from side to side is difficult. So, yeah, it breaks the team's will. And if they don't have a really good point guard, if they don't have good guards and good ball handlers, they got a problem when they're playing Tennessee. Mm. Bert Bertelkamp with us this afternoon on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Bert, looking ahead Saturday night at the arena, 10th-ranked Texas coming to town. Another big game atmosphere. Last time this happened, it didn't go so well for the basketball Vols. We all thought that, you know, Tennessee was going to have their way with Kentucky. That did not happen. Do you think that Tennessee will show their best effort Saturday against Texas? Oh, I think they will. I, th- I think they learned from that Kentucky game, and it may end up being a blessing. Uh, they overlooked Kentucky, which is, is hard to believe. They <laughs> yeah, just, right. They, they, were just, they were just flat, and it was a weird game, a noontime game, and they just didn't play well. But I, I expect them to play well. They're, they're on a roll right now. Uh, they're, they're clicking. They've got a good rhythm. Every, I, I wouldn't say everybody's 100%, but people are, generally speaking, we're healthy. And we've had people miss games from being sick and being injured all year. So we've been we've been shorthanded at times. But I think all hands will be on deck uh, against Texas. And they're a good opponent, really good team. They play great defense like we do. So I expect it to be a grinder and a dogfight. And it should come down to the end. But uh, it'll be a tough game for sure. Bert, one thing that I noticed in Coach Barnes's post-game comments last night was he was making – he said that the game turned when they got the two big men 
into the game for Tennessee. They took over. And, you know, he just went from the starting lineup to putting Josiah back in there and the small ball. And that's kind of been, you know, going back to the Grant and Admiral days, right? They would go small at the end of the game, even though they would start with two bigger guys. And uh, what's your take on that? Do you think that this team is better with uh, Kalmot the five and Josiah the four? Do you think that their strong suit could actually be with two of the big guys on the floor? I think it, I think it depends on the opponent and how the opponent's mm. playing you. Last night, uh, when I, I remember they like to play inside out, meaning get the ball into the post guy, let the defense collapse, and then kick it back out if they double up on the post. And last night, we weren't playing that way. We took a bunch of quick threes early, I think three yeah. or four in a row, and, and, and Georgia got long rebounds and got their offense, got in transition, which is what we don't want to have happen. But when Euros came in, he threw it inside. They threw it inside to him and established him. He scored a couple times, but then he started kicking it out. And we got better ball movement. So sometimes it works the opposite, where the big guys are in there and they bog things down, and, and it's more of a full court game uh, as opposed to a half court game. Where, so I think it depends on the opponent and how the and how the guys are playing together. But I think that's the strength of the team is they've got 10, 10 players. We got four post four inside players that all bring something different. We got Josiah, who's a Swiss Army knife. He can do anything. He can guard anybody. He can play any position on offense, except he doesn't play the five. And the Julian is is pretty versatile, and they can guard out on the perimeter. So I think the the options that Coach Barnes has, he, he hadn't had that here at Tennessee. He's been he's been pretty much eight players, seven eight players. And we tend to wear down at the end of the season. I think this year with our depth and the flexibility and the, and the ability to guard that, to really play defense and switch everything and have multiple players guard multiple positions is a real strength of this team. Talking with Burt Burlkamp this afternoon on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. And, Burt, you go through a couple of players there. One guy, it looks like Barnes has found another diamond in the rough with Tobey Awaka. I don't think he had a lot of other offers, and I don't think fans were expecting him to contribute much, just kind of you know learn behind the veterans type freshman year for him. But he quietly has double figures last night, and he looks like he's going to be a terrific player down the road. I think he is going to be good, and I think he's a I think he's ahead of schedule, but I think they also they always saw potential in him. He's got a big body, he's strong. He's really smart, and he's a sponge. And he, you can see where his improvement is almost game to game. He gets better. And you're right. I don't think they planned on him being uh, playing much at all, let alone being a rotation player, which he's earned He's earned his minutes. And if you go to practice, he plays hard. He's, he's serious about it. He's got really good hands, and he's strong as an ox. And he, and he takes his time. He, he's, he's been well coached in high school, you can tell. But he takes coaching well, and, and he's just a, a great young man. And I think he's going to be a real asset. When you put you got with Euros and Kumwa and Adu and Awaka, you got 20 fouls, and you got four guys that can all bring something different to the table, and they can all be effective. And, and when you when you put them in different combinations, it's a it's <laughs> they're a, they're a weapon. Those four guys, and they all they're all playing pretty well right now. And if one's not having a good night, he's got he's obviously can put someone else in the game and it, it makes for competition in practice and competition for playing time. So I look for Tobey to just get better and better. When you look at a team that's 
ranked number four in the country, number two in the net. It's hard to find a lot of flaws, but when you're projecting down the road into the tournament, what, if anything, is the question that you have about this team that you're interested to see if they can find an answer to before we get to the postseason? Well, consistency on offense, I think, is the biggest thing. We have some periods of time where we go cold or we, we don't run our stuff the right way. And and I think a lot of that has to do with, with Sakai Ziegler learning how to be a point guard. He he's really he's really playing well right now and he's gotten better through the season, but he uh, he's running the team. Now he can score, but when he runs the team and get and, and, and he gets a lot of assists and he and he gets the other guys involved, I think that's a, that's something that was a question mark and I think he's answered that. But he needs to continue to play that way and if if anything is is he he's he's valuable and we don't really have anybody behind him so he it's it's critical that he stay out of foul trouble and certainly not get injured because he he he's the leader of the team as far as on the court with his energy and and the way that he plays his competitiveness and he he's he's turned into a top-notch point guard it's great to see but i think i don't know if i'm answering your question but He's critical to the team, and he has to be in the lineup. No, like I said, it's hard to find flaws when you're uh, having the kind of season Tennessee's having so far. I guess one question I have, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this, Bert, is you know, you go back to the Texas game last year. Close game. Tennessee hasn't had many close games this year. Um, Josiah has the game-winner attempt last uh, last year at Texas. Doesn't, doesn't go down for him. Seemed like Kennedy Chandler kind of became more of the go-to guy down the stretch. Is yeah. there a go-to guy on this roster, or has he yet to emerge, or do you think it's just kind of a different guy could step up depending on the night? Well, I think a different guy can step up. I think a, a number of players have the ability to hit a, hit big shots, but as far as having a, giving the ball to somebody and saying, you know, go get us a basket, I think you'd have to say Josiah would be our best option because he can get his shot off against anybody. He can jump over most people. He can shoot from the three, and he can drive it. Uh, Vescovy's a great offensive player, but he's not a—he's not necessarily a one-on-one player, uh, not necessarily a go-to guy. Uh, Cumbwa could be that on the inside. He can go one-on-one, but but you but you be concerned about in a go-to situation, double teams and triple teams on inside guys. So. I think if I had to get a basket and I needed one, I had one opportunity. I, Josiah would be my be my man. Bert, you've gotten to know Coach Barnes through the years, and you know publicly, I'm sure this week he will downplay the significance of going up against his former team in Texas. But you know this game has to mean a little something extra to him, right? Oh, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, he's intense as he can be, and uh, he. You know, <laughs> Like last night when they when Georgia scored the final bucket of the game right at the end of layup to get to break forty, I said something to him after the game. I said, "I can't believe you let him get 40. Yeah. and he said, "Well, I can't either. It was unacceptable. We should have held him to thirty nine. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just a perfectionist, but he wants to beat he wants to beat everybody. But I guarantee you, he wants to beat Texas a little more, little more, especially after they beat us last year in the homecoming game. And, you know, they love him out there, and they had a big celebration and honored him before the game. But he was upset we didn't win the game and we didn't play well. So I think tomorrow there, there's extra incentive, and I think the team will feel that, the revenge factor from last year. Because we didn't play well down there, and we still had a great shot at winning. 
But uh, Saturday will be an electric atmosphere and a, and a huge game and a special game for Coach Barnes. You've got that front row seat for the home games right next to the bench, so you, you get to hear him. And we all know Coach Barnes doesn't curse. But he's hypercritical. He gets his point. He gets his point. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's hypercritical at times. I guess you could say. Well, he is. He's an old school coach, and he wants him to get better. And and Tobey is a prime example of how much better he's been. And he rides him in practice the whole time. And he is he does everybody. Whether you're a one of the top players, a starter, or whether you're a walk on, you got to do it a certain way, and it's his way. And you've got to understand that if you're going to play for him, if you're going to be effective, because he's going to coach you hard. He treat he, he, he's respectful, but he gets his point across. And you're right, he doesn't he doesn't curse players, but he but he doesn't need to. He gets on you, and and you understand what you need to do to get better. So he's a great communicator, and they understand what's what's expected. And if they don't meet the expectations, they don't play. So uh, that's why they play so hard. You know, we have games where we don't play well. But you can you really can't yep. ever say that Tennessee doesn't play hard. That's a great point. They get after it, and if they don't, if somebody loads or doesn't get back on defense, they're out of the game, and somebody else is in. So uh, he's a demanding coach and, and very intense. And you know, at times you may you may it may seem like he's overly critical, but the goal is to make everybody better, and most guys do get better or they transfer. Yeah, he had. I'm not sure if you were able to. I know you've got so much going on. Uh, just doing your job, but Olivier Camois, Bert, came out. I, I can't even remember what he did that upset Coach Barnes, but he had a very spirited discussion, and Olivier looked completely locked in to what Coach was, was telling him. Yeah, they look him in the eye. and You don't see our guys come off the court with bad body language and throwing towels and you know walking by the coach. When he, when he wants to talk to you or one of the assistant wants, assistants wants to talk to him, they better stop and they better pay attention or they'll or they might as well go to the end of the bench and not get back in the game. So uh, he, they watch all that and, and they better pay attention to the coaches if they want to get back in the game. And I know I, I don't know what Olivier did. It's probably a defensive lapse or something that they've emphasized and he went out and didn't do what he was supposed to do and he comes right out and gets an earful. Last night, I was listening to the post-game press conference, and, and somebody asked – it was the first question. Somebody asked Barnes, hey, you know, Coach, uh, everybody who played scored at least five points, and that had to please you. And the very first thing he says is, well, I wish we had started the game a little bit better, and we gave him a dunk wide open on the first play of the game. I'm like, Coach, you won by 29. You know, Maybe lighten up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the way he is. That's yeah. the way he is. And I, I don't think it – I don't think it translates to the players as him being overly negative. I think, I think they take it in a constructive way. At least the at least the more experienced players and the younger players have to get used to it. But he does pick on pick on things, and he, and if you made a mistake or something, you're going to hear about it. But he treats Kessling and me the same way. <laughs> He'll go, "What kind of question is that?" When we ask him something, sometimes you know, I mean, he just he's just the demanding guy, but he but he's fair and he. Usually he's right. Bert, last day for you. Again, big atmosphere expected at Thompson Bowling Saturday night. We haven't really seen that. You know, the Kentucky game came close, but it, it was so frustrating. You know, fans didn't really have a chance to get into the game for a prolonged time. Hopefully we get to see that this weekend. When the when the crowd does get into it, is that something you're aware of when you're broadcasting the game, or are you and Bob just sort of in your own own little bubble with the broadcast? 
Well, we're somewhat in a bubble, but we can tell when the crowd's getting wild. I mean, when you have the headset on, you can't hear that well. So I can't hear what Coach Barnes is saying to the players when they come off unless I take my headset off. Then I can hear. But but you can tell. And that place gets really loud and a big big charged-up atmosphere. We just haven't had those kind of games this year. We didn't really have any – any good competition before Christmas uh, games we played in Knoxville, we played a tough schedule away from Knoxville, but we didn't have any big games here. So I think Saturday is going to be a treat for the fans. I think they're going to enjoy the game. And I think it's going to be an electric, electric atmosphere and a, and a great opportunity for Tennessee to showcase what they can do on a national level. Outstanding. Well, Bert, we always appreciate you jumping on the show with us. Have a great call of the game Saturday and, We'll see if we can take this thing a, a couple of steps further once we get to the postseason. Long way to go until then, I know. Long way to go, yep. but we got the potential, and I think uh, the sky's the limit for this team. Thank uh, you for having me. Thank you. All right, take care. Yep, Bert Bertelkamp on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Check out Big Orange Phillies. If you can't get a ticket to the game, they'll have it on Saturday night. All the big screens out at Big Orange Phillies, 6625 Maynardville Pike in Halls of the Big game with the Lady Vols tonight on as well. You can go watch it while you enjoy a big Philly cheesesteak or a basket of wings, a couple of cold beverages, bigorangephillies.com. Check out their full menu online. A lot to unpack there from a great conversation with Burt Bertelkamp. We'll do it when we continue next right here on Fan Run Radio. Fan Run Radio, the drive continues. Burt Bertelkamp, the stellar appearance on the show this afternoon. Bear, what did you learn? Uh, the thing that I really, uh, that I, it, I hadn't really thought about was, um, uh, when he was talking about her bigs and everybody brings something different to the table. And, and that's, that's so true. Uh, if, if you want to, if you want to get physical with us and with your bigs and, and muscle around and we got Plosvich and Adu, uh, Camwa does something different, and they're all different sizes. Like Adu with that, what is it, like nine foot six wingspan yeah. he's got. And Walker, don't forget Tobey. And then you've got the 17-year-old kid who, he's when 18. he is, they said it's 17 on the broadcast turned, last night. Somebody told me, somebody reached out told me he turns 19 like in five days. So I think he even said, like, because. I'm just strictly going off the what I heard on TV. No, What's a year between friends, though? Well, Rick Barnes said something about him being 17, and I think I saw on Twitter him respond to that saying, well, I'm actually 18 or something like that. <laughs> okay. Anyhow, I mean, he's an 18-year-old he true freshman coming out of – I mean, last vote. year at this time he was playing high school ball. And now if he's on the floor, 28% of the rebounds hit his hands. He's – yeah, he's, he's, he's so big and strong, man. It, it's starting to dawn on me, like, if – if he develops everything according to plan, he could be a beast in this league. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think he's going to be fantastic. And, like, the whole big thing it gets back to what Barnes said about the game changed. They started the small ball lineup, and Georgia kind of – like, that game was close for the first ten minutes or so, and Barnes said the game changed when they put two bigs in and – it was Urosh and Adu for a while and Kamwa, and they were ra- basically rotating those three, and Awaka got in there a little bit. Uh, but to me, it goes back to the conversation, the Aaron Torres line about what makes a good coach. I you thought gotta, about that too. you got to win d- different games in different ways. And 
for so like we've always started the Grant and Admiral team started with Kyle Alexander at the five, Grant at the four, Admiral at the three, and then they would go small ball. They bring in Lamonte right. and Bowden and all, all that, and like this team's going on a similar thing. Last year's team was a similar thing where Ziegler was on the floor at the end of the games. And there was no doubt that that was our better lineup. When we go small, like that was just, it was better in the Grant and Admiral years. It was better last year. I don't know that it's better this year. And I think that's a good thing because depending on the game, we could go either way. Yeah. Like this year's team would have been a lot better suited to play that Michigan team last year than last year's team. With Camwa healthy, with Toby Awaka. Is it Tobey or, or Toby? Tobey. You know, Awaka. Um, you don't know how old he is. You don't know how to pronounce his name. Say his name, Bear. Tobey Awaka. Waka, waka, waka. Bad Who's, boy from who, the Bronx. Who said that, Marcus? See if you can get uh, your... Pac-Man. No. What? Pac-Man? You don't think that sounds like the Pac-Man sound? Pac-Man? Waka, waka. Waka, waka? Deep. Do you not like Do the you get reference? it, Ben? He, he's like 12 years old, and he gets the reference. You don't get it? Fozzie Bear? I thought you were a student of comedy. <laughs> you think Fozzie yeah, Whoa, 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 whoa. Watch your step. Are you about to go on In, an anti-Muppet rant? Uh, I'm not on, going on anti. Mr. Fozzie Bear? going to say my words slowly. You think that would be considered like the master class of comedy. I mean, it's high up there, but he's he's one of the immortals. I feel I like I don't want to get sidetracked on a like. Does is Fozzie Bear an elite comedian? It's just some. I feel like it's huh? a piece of cultural trivia you should know. That's all. That's all. If Ben knows it, pull you the, should know it. Pull up the Pac Man. Why can't you be more like Ben? Oh, why can't I? I, I why can't I'm, I'm I be sorry, myself? I, I love you. Why can't I be myself, Russell? You can be, be yourself, Marcus. That's what uh, I've been telling you to do. Quit asking us how to pronounce names. Just roll with it, buddy. Just I rip have it. Done that. Do it proudly. I like how when I. Type. I don't even know. I, I. It's been thirty seconds, and I'm getting ready to. You know, I don't even know one of our best young players' names. You think I care? No. I, I would just like to point out when I to prepare for the break. When I did ask if it was Toby or Tobey. So when I show you the Pac-Man sound, I like how I typed in Pac-Man sound, and the next thing was Waka Waka. I just want to point that out now. I'm not wrong. I may not have gotten the reference you wanted. No, you're wrong. Waka Waka Waka. Let's go to the phones. 865-546-8200, your number to get on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. We'll start with Martin. Good afternoon, Martin. You're on the drive. Good afternoon, Russell. How's it going? Russell, has the boy out of Mississippi declared his commitment today or not? I've been checking on that all day long. Unless it has happened in the last 30 minutes or so, it has not been confirmed by any of the UT reporters who follow that stuff really closely. Um, I know there was a report, uh, Neil McCready, who covers Ole Miss, had a note on their message board that Davidson is transferring to Tennessee. Now, Neil McCready's been an SEC reporter for a long time. I don't think he would throw something out there without having it pretty good. What's his last name? Igbunison? 
the the corner? Yes. Davidson Igbonison is the young man's name. Yes. And this is a young man. He's in the student registry. He's right in the now. student registry. We have a report from Neil McCready that he's transferring to Tennessee. Usually wait until like Callahan or Austin Price or one of those guys. Somebody's going to tip them, hey, he's, he's here. Yeah, so and Russell, it's looking good. Russell? Yeah. I think they really like Chaz Nimrod and Safety John Slaughter out of young guys. I do, too. I think those guys are exciting young prospects. And they might not get on the field this next season. Uh, you know, the, the receiver thing is just – there's a log jam there, Martin. You're going to have to be yes. – you're going to have to perform to break through there. we got a lot of receivers that just can't get on the and, field. And Thornton's got two years left, so I do tell you something. Yeah, don't get too attached to the receivers is – Kind of the thing. Like we we have good receivers that we're not going to be able to get on the field, and they're going to leave. Yeah, and, and then Walter there's Merle was good, but he couldn't he couldn't get on the field. But he's a four star. Hey, I'm going to tell you that boy got to wait for us and start, start for wait for well, us. The, oh, but sure, the ones that stay here aren't going to be here that long either because well, they're going to no, put up yeah big the ones numbers that play are going to be the ones that play are going to be awesome. Yeah. I mean, receiver is just going to be a position you don't really have to worry about from a production standpoint we're yes. taking it back martin i'll be walking around make way for us a good wide receiver though don't you sure yeah I, I hope so and i think jimmy calloway if if he can you know buckle down and and cut out the foolish and just not not try and throw a muhammad ali 12-piece combo on the field i think he could be a good player. oh I, I think if if calloway doesn't do that are we no, talking he's, he's about the same there. season that Ramel Keaton had? No. No, he wasn't playing here before that. I, well, I, they went to Western Kentucky. That's not a bad scholarship. Oh, that's uh, Jimmy the Jet. Jimmy Holiday? Yes. Jimmy Holiday. Yeah, that's a good went spot to for him. Kentucky. That's not a bad scholarship. No, that, that's a place where he's going to get play. That's a, the kind of move that he it makes I just total like sense. that Barn or Barnes, uh, Heupel – Looks at his receiver core and says, "Yeah, it's pretty good, but it could be better." And, and like he's not afraid of hurting anybody's feelings. It's just like I'm going to go get the best dudes I possibly can, and they're going to play. And if you stay, he's like, to win it all. Yeah, if if you Red stay, maybe you get on the field, maybe you don't. But I'm I'm getting the best three wide receivers I can get every year. What's I'll he trying? Let you go, Russell. Russell, he's trying to win it all, son. There you go, Martin. That's what it's about. You play to win the game, as Herm Edwards said. All right. I appreciate you, Russell. Appreciate you, Martin. Thanks for jumping Bye-bye. in. Just want to point something out to you. This better not be anything about Pac-Man, Marcus. No, it's not actually. Thank you. <laughs> there's a song called Waka Waka by oh, Shakira. Oh, yeah. Shakira has a song called Waka Waka. So there's three potential references. No. So, Well, th- thank you for pointing that out, Marcus, because – when I was listening to Shakira's greatest hits on the way in here, you know, I, I, I told myself, I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to pin the phrase "waka waka waka" onto any one person, including Fozzie Bear, Pac-Man, or Shakira. Thank you for bringing that important information to the table. I have a level of expertise, and I have a level of information that nobody else has. By the way. I am still reeling 
from the from what? the revelation on voluntary reaction last night that Mike White turning down the Tennessee job that Dave Hart offered him in 2015 led to and it's not like might have led to no directly led to the resurgence of Tennessee football seven years later you know who uh clued him into that this guy you're taking credit for that I was I, the one who said it I said it I feel like we both stumbled in no okay okay fine I, I'll give you this one you give me nothing it's uh-uh. mine mm-hmm. check the tape not really but if it makes you feel better, go ahead and take it. Go ahead and finish your talk about it. The the butterfly effect, the sports mm. butterfly effect. If Mike White takes that job, he probably does good enough to stick around for like he probably goes to a tournament or two here. I don't think he's a great coach. He's nowhere near as good as Barnes, obviously. But he would have been here. There's no way we would have been able to hire his brother. Because university administration is not going to hire a sitting head coach's brother as that head coach's boss, just because of it's it's unseemly. It might even be illegal. I don't know. Nepotism laws in effect here. Well, no. My whole point was is I it, doubted he would have been here, and we wouldn't have gotten Danny White. I think we would have already ran him. Oh well, well that well, I mean that that's a thing too. I, I I was I was looking at it from the standpoint of we're not going to hire the guy's brother if if, he, if he's oh, here. Oh yeah. And it, you're right, too. I mean, if, if we had ran, run him, we're probably not going to hire his brother for AD there either. But and Danny he, turned, Fulcrum. he turned down the job, and whatever happened with Tyndall happened, whatever happened with Barnes, like, at, at that point, the basketball side of it doesn't matter. But by Mike White turning down that job, he allowed his brother to get the AD job years later, yeah. which led to Josh Heupel, which has led to this period of prosperity which we are currently enjoying. A, a, a renaissance we're, we're we're having a renaissance in athletics after being in the dark ages for what 15 years we lived through the middle ages russ as fans we had plagues constant you know wars would break out amongst the fan base against coaches civil unrest we were dark people there was no joy there was no sunshine as bill weathers said ain't no sunshine when he's gone Danny White brought our sunshine back. We appreciate him. Danny White him is so my... by giving him two million dollars a year and a automatic rollover contract, which if you ask me might be a little bit overboard. But they didn't ask me, so like we just go with it. It's it's his rewards, man. Thank you for bringing football back, Banner Dan. Yeah, we love you. And he's super pro at all the other stuff, and he's got. I mean, like I said, we've talked about it all week since his thing dropped, I and mean, he's done a fantastic job, man. Not everybody can come in and get all all these moving pieces in an athletic department and all the teams successful at the same time. He's not just sitting in his office watching this stuff. He's had a big part in it. But, yeah, it's wild, isn't it? The Mike White butterfly effect. Did that just blow your mind, Marcus? I'm, I'm still in shock. What's your name? You being a little bit uh, facetious with me now? Uh, it's okay. I got more time to be facetious with you. your number. We'll go open lines next hour here. If you want to jump in, go ahead, get in line. 546-8200, your number to get on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Coming up, 
Marcus has your top four at four. Lots going on. Lady Vols trying to get that monkey off their back. Can they take down the evil empire? UConn in town. We'll talk more about that when we continue. Stay with us. It's The Drive on Fed Run Radio.